If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2022, please make a year-end tax-deductible gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022. Once in a while, you come across a Christian hymn that really can't be replicated. It kind of stands in a class by itself. Lo, how a rose air blooming. If you haven't heard it, well, you're going to hear it in the next hour. And if you have, you can never forget it. It has, by the way, as great a hymn as it is, a very interesting history. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. on this Christmas Eve. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll begin today's show studying the Christmas hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming with Pastor Will Whedon. And an hour from now, we'll discuss holiday depression with Dr. Beverly Yonke. Pastor Will Whedon is assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois, formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's author of the books, Celebrating the Saints, Thank, praise, serve, and obey, and see my Savior's hands. He's host of the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Todd. Enjoy to be with you. I understand that this hymn has a very interesting history. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, you know, in, in, in the high Middle Ages... This piety takes hold in the West. I mean, in, in the in the old hymns, used to sing about Mary's role in salvation. You know, from the biblical text, like you have in Savior of the Nations, come right. But then, in the Middle Ages, you have this shift where, borrowing from the East, you begin to get more and more of these hymns and prayers and and stuff addressed to Mary herself, and she kind of shoves Jesus off the center stage and and takes that place. And, and and that featured, uh, you know, that, that, that runs through a number of prayers and antiphons and hymns. And the Lutherans loved the melodies of these things, and they wanted to keep them. And so they came up with a way that they, uh, well, th- their word for it was emendata, which I think we could just maybe translate as fixed. <laughs> you know, they fixed the stuff by rerouting them to Christ. And I wanted to give a few examples because this hymn is going to be of a piece with these examples, if that's okay. So Salve Regina, that's a very famous Roman Catholic antiphon. Hail Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, sweetness, hope, hail. To you we cry, exiled children of Eve. To you we send up our sighs, groaning and moaning in this valley of tears. Turn our advocate upon us, your merciful eyes, and show us, Jesus, the blessed fruit of your womb after this exile. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Now, the Lutherans are not going to go for that, right? I mean, that's a prayer to Mary that runs foul of the biblical. I mean, there's no, there's neither example nor promise uh, nor command for us to address the saints in this way in the scriptures. We honor Mary highly as we are commanded to do so in the scripture, but that's a bridge too far. Right. It went too far. 
So the Lutherans weren't ready to get rid of it, though. They took it and they just shifted the whole thing over to Jesus. So listen to this. Hail, Jesus Christ, King of mercy, our life, sweetness, and hope. Hail, to you we cry, exiled children of Eve. To you we send up our sighs and moanings in this valley of tears. Turn, therefore, our advocate upon us, your merciful eyes. O blessed Jesus, show us the face of your Father after this exile. O clement, O loving, O sweet Jesus Christ. Isn't that... You fix it by just simply taking everything that they had addressed to Mary and addressing it to its proper object. Yes. You know, that particular prayer actually made it into, it went down in use all the way to our own day because Wilhelm Lea included in his Seed Grains of Prayer, which is still being published by Emanuel Press today. Now, a similar job was done on the Regina Celli, which is, you know, an Easter antiphon to the Virgin. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you merit it to bear, alleluia, is risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, Virgin Mary, alleluia, because the Lord is risen indeed, alleluia. So the Lutherans took that little puppy and they just kept the tune of the old chant, And they switched the words to rejoice in Christ, the Redeemer. Alleluia. For he was struck by the Father for the sins of his people. Alleluia. He is risen, just as he said. Alleluia. Pray for us, Christ, who at the right hand of God the Father are located. Victor over sin, death, and hell, our one propitiator, high priest, the church's head. O loving King, make us rise with you. Alleluia. So you you just hear what they what they're doing here. So they I want to get that picture in our heads. Lutherans were doing this already early on with these uh, medieval antiphons and hymns. So what do you do when the Roman Catholics after the Reformation write a really cool hymn that that even has a, 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 a nice tune attached to it? Well. That's the story of the hymn that we're going to to study today. The rose in the original version was the Blessed Virgin. And in the Lutheran recension, the rose is shifted to the Lord Jesus himself. So like stanza two in the original, the little rose that I mean of which Isaiah spoke is Mary, the pure one who brought us the little flower out of God's eternal counsel. She bore a little child and remained a pure virgin. But when the Lutherans deal with that stanza, and this is the literal translation of how they do it, the little rose that I mean of which Isaiah spoke was brought to us solely by Mary, the pure maiden. Out of God's eternal counsel, she bore a child in the middle of the night. So you can see in that, and what they did with that hymn, it was the same principle at work. So when this hymn first shows up, it's part of a 16th century manuscript of Frater Conradus, and the earliest version of it has like 23 stanzas as usual back then, right? You know, I mean, it does the entire story of the incarnation through to the visit of the Magi. It's all there. But it was just about 10 years after it was first printed that the great Lutheran composer, Michael Pretorius, decided to include it in his collection. And his this is an absolutely stunning collection of music. The music of Zion, right? Right from 
Isaiah 35, the, the, you, you will come with singing on your heads, right? Uh, singing, you will come to Zion and everlasting joy will crown your heads and sorrow and sighing will flee away. So the music of Zion is just this beautiful church music that Pretorius sets. And he was such a stinking genius that he pinned an arrangement of this melody, which has been recognized by church musicians ever since as like, that's the perfect four-part harmony to a hymn. You can't do better than this. And I think it even was so popular with his melody and then with the words that he published with it that even a lot of Roman Catholics still sing it the way the Lutherans changed it. What would you say of the biblical text for this? Well, you know, we're going to see as we work our way through it that it's not like a single biblical text shines through. Obviously, it is assigned for Christmas night. So Luke 2 is huge in the background. But above all, the shock of what Luke 2 actually proclaims to you, that who this child is that Mary gives to us, that's what runs through the hymn. Hey, you know, I should add also that in our hymnal, the third stanza, we do know who wrote that. I mean, so the first two stanzas, we don't know the name of the original composer or of the Lutheran who changed them or fitted them. It is possible Pretorius fixed them himself. But the third stanza is from uh, the German Lutheran pastor, uh, Friedrich Leitz. He died in 1859. The final stanza in LSB is the original 22nd stanza in the earliest printed version, but it follows the same principle and shifts the stanza from being addressed to Mary as queen of heaven and begging her to bring us home to the angels. It asks instead all of this of Jesus. Here is the first stanza of the hymn, Lo, how a rose e'er blooming. Lo, how a rose e'er blooming from tender stem hath sprung of Jesse's lineage coming as prophets long have sung. It came a floweret bright amid the cold of winter when half spent was the night. you highlight in this first stanza of Lo, How a Rose, Air Blooming? Well, first, we want to make sure that you're hearing air, right? Because, I mean, air can mean before, right? Uh, long air it happened. That's not this air. This is eliding the word ever. So the rose is ever blooming. Both Matthew and Luke in their genealogies trace the Lord Jesus's genealogy through David and his father, Jesse. However, Matthew goes through Solomon for the legal kingship, which he then traces down to Joseph. And Luke goes through Nathan for the physical genealogy, which we assume is that of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Either way, Jesus comes to us from the line of Jesse. But what did the hymn mean when it said, as prophets long have sung? What is that? 
Well, I think the passage that's in view is from Isaiah 11, verse 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And then you have the same thing happen at verse 10 of the same chapter. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand as an ensign of the people. To it, the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. I think also the writer might have had in mind uh, Micah, since he foretold that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, right? But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the end of the earth. The tradition that Christ was born in winter, while not actually attested to by the scriptures, is historically tied to the notion that great men died on the day they were conceived. So if the death of the Lord happened to be around March 25th, then you would celebrate his his birth around December 25th. That's the Western church's practice. The Eastern church thought his death was more likely on April 6th, and so they actually observed the birth itself as they celebrate what we call Epiphany, they call Theophany, on January 6th. There's also then this notion of it's the middle of the night. Where does that come from? That's fascinating too. That's actually borrowed from the Apocrypha, from the Book of Wisdom, where you read in chapter 18, verses 14 and 15, for while all things were in quiet silence and the night was in the midst of her swift course, thine almighty word leaped down from heaven out of thy royal throne. So that's even the antiphon that's used at our divine service for the midnight mass on Christmas. And this idea then makes it into a popular carol such as it came upon a midnight clear. It is certain that the angels appeared to the shepherds as they were watching over their flocks by night. But whether it was the exact middle of the night, you know, midnight, we don't know. We are studying the hymn, Low Howl Rose Air Blooming with Pastor Will Whedon. He's host of the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Stanza two on the other side of the break. Isaiah twas foretold it, the rose I have in mind. With Mary we behold it, the virgin mother kind. To show God's love aright, she bore to us a Savior when half spent was the night. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2022, please make a year-end tax-deductible gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022. 
For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Spiritual and religious. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Confessional Lutherans are invited to rent a four-bedroom, three-bathroom Table Rock lakefront home in the Ozarks. Table Rock Lake is a premier lake in the heart of the Ozarks for boating, water sports, and fishing. This log cabin-style rental sleeps 12 and is 30 minutes from Branson and 20 minutes from Silver Dollar City. Learn more by calling Swanson Estates, 713-855-2681. Be sure to mention Issues Etc., the two of the hymn, Lo How a Rose Air Blooming. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We're studying this hymn on this Friday, Christmas Eve. You do have to marvel. I, I just want to, you have to marvel at this arrangement because it's a masterpiece. I'm not a musician, but I imagine musicians have looked at this Pretoria setting and said, I can't fix it. I can't improve it. It's just good straight out of the box. It, it really is. It, 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 it probably drove our, our our music people crazy at St. Paul's, but I would absolutely insist that the choir had to sing this every single year. <laughs> that was not up for grabs. We're going to sing Lo How a Rose. And we often did it during a lessons and carol ceremony. But I think there's so much here we need to to, to pick up. I want to pick up one thing from the beginning that, that I should have commented on. I mean, I talked about the air. Ever, ever blooming. So let's not lose this. The weird thing about roses in this world is that as gorgeous as they are, right, they begin to fall apart and drop their petals, and and, and they're not always perfect. But this, this rose that we are describing here in the Lord Jesus, he is described as simply being ever blooming. It suggests the eternity that he shares with with his father. And so we don't only have Jesse mentioned in, in stanza one, but in this stanza, you specifically have Isaiah called out. 
And clearly the passage in mind is, is Isaiah 7, 14, right? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel, because he is God with us. This child that she bears is ever blooming. He is, he is, he brings his eternity into our flesh. So Mary brings forth the perfect rose, and, and that's always regarded as the perfect flower, and that is Jesus. And do you notice then Mary's not then just sort of shoved to the side. Rather, Mary is in awe beholding the little rose. And 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 we are summoned to marvel with the virgin mother at the child she has brought forth. So notice how with Jesus' birth, you have what doesn't ordinarily cohere, holding tight together. <laughs> You've got God and man, and you also have in Mary, virgin and mother. Jesus is both God and man, and Mary is both virgin and mother, and it was so that she might show us God's love that the child is born. So 1 John 4, I I can never sing the stanza and not think of these words. In this, the love of God was made manifest or revealed, uh, disclosed among us, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. To show God's love aright, she bore to us a savior. Isaiah is mentioned there, and then in that previous stanza, the prophets, more general term for that this is the culmination and the fulfillment of long promises. Yeah, I mean, you can trace the promises all the way back from from the Garden of Eden, right? The the, the Proto-Evangelion, Genesis 3.15, where where God promised that that the seed of the woman would come who would crush the head of the serpent. And if you start tracing it all the way through, you'll notice that the promises always circle around the promise of a child, right? I mean, if you look to the genealogies in Genesis, you see time and again, when Eve gives birth to Cain, she thinks, oh, this is the one, right? When Noah is born, his dad thinks he's the one. This is the one that'll do the job. I mean, they're always looking for this promised child who would undo the ancient damage and restore us to what God had made us to be from the beginning. And the prophets just continue that pattern all the way down. I mean, Isaiah is probably the clearest when you get to, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And that's picked up in that line in this stanza, she bore to us a Savior. I think it was recently... Uh, Pastor Peter Bender was talking about Handel's Messiah, which is nothing more mm-hmm. than unto us a child is born, that section of Handel's Messiah, and saying he thinks that the the way Handel arranged that particular piece was to drive home like a jackhammer for unto us, us. to us, to <laughs> us, to <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah. Why is that so important? If this were an ordinary situation, we would say she bore this child to Joseph. He's... He's the most proximate parent there, but this is to the world. Yeah, no, 
you can't get away from the way the angel actually announced it to the shepherds on Christmas Eve, right? Where the angel says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. Unto you, to get that unto you, to us, to to, to all people. And, and, and the angel made clear right before that, that, that this child is the bringer of good news, of great joy for all people. So, there's no one excluded from this joy. By far, my favorite Christmas homily ever delivered is Pope St. Leo the Great's Christmas homily, where he just goes through and says, you may not be sad today. It is not lawful for you to be sad today because everybody has a equal share in the reason we are joyful today. For us, this child is born. For us. So yeah, no, I love how Handel actually just hammers that home. It's a beautiful truth. And I, I want you, it's a simple thing, but I want you to describe that this is the, the one word that, while it doesn't carry everything that Christ has done, it does encapsulate everything that Christ is for us, and that is Savior. It's easy to kind of gloss past that because it's such a familiar word to us. What is the biblical import? of a savior. Well, you know, when, when you think about savior, I, I always think we need to be very careful that we think in two directions at the same time. You need salvation from some stuff, but you also need salvation for some stuff and Christ fully delivers on both ends. So what do you need salvation from? You need salvation from your sin, from the corruption of your sin, the way it's distorted, the, you know, the, the creature that God made and turned it into this bundle of self-obsessed desires and, and, and will. And, and that need, you need salvation from that. And that thing is just headed straight toward death, and it's headed straight toward hell. I mean, that's the judgment of God upon that turn in on self. You need salvation from that. So the Savior does. He, he, he literally intervenes to turn you around. He, he, he intervenes in such a way that he will change the human being from being internally focused to actually beginning to notice there's a world out there and, and, and to, 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 to gear us toward the Heavenly Father. And when we do that, he wants us to see what he's saving us for, to be filled with his spirit, to be a partaker of the divine life, and to come home with him to the Father's house. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We are studying this great Christmas hymn, Lo How a Rose Air Blooming. He's assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois, formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and author of the books, Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands. We'll be right back with Stanza 3. Listen to the best of the church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, LutheranPublicRadio.org. Church music directors can find a new community at Prelude to Postlude the CPH Music blog. Learn helpful tips for managing music ministry and involving members, 
and meet the composers of some of your favorite new pieces. Plus, find suggestions of music to use for special services and preview some of our newest works with free samples you can use at your church. Visit us at preludetopostlude.org. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Greetings in Christ, and thank you for listening to Issues Etc. If your vocation or travel lands you in northwest Louisiana, come and be our guest at Emanuel Lutheran Church in Bowser City, Louisiana. Join us as we gather around God's gift of word and sacrament. That's Emanuel Lutheran Church, Bowser City, Louisiana. For service times and directions, look us up at ilcbosier.net. ilcbosier.net. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Historic. Authentic Christian Radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Beautiful Savior Lutheran, Milton, Washington. Concordia Lutheran, Sykeston, Missouri. Grace Lutheran, Wichita, Kansas. Hope Lutheran, Spokane Valley, Washington. Mount Olive Lutheran, Duluth, Minnesota. Our Savior Lutheran, Milford, Illinois. Redeemer Lutheran, Scottsdale, Arizona. St. John Lutheran, Ray, Michigan, St. Paul Lutheran, Parkersburg, West Virginia, Trinity Lutheran, Valonia, Indiana, and Redeemer Lutheran, East Englewood, Florida. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're studying the Christmas hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming, with Pastor Will Whedon, host of the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study, produced by Lutheran Public Radio, called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Pastor Whedon, you just began a study yesterday of Ephesians. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, man, that's definitely one of my all-time favorite books. There's a question, of course, whether or not the, the title is actually correct. Did he write to the Ephesians? There's some incongruity in the letter, if that is the case, that he was actually addressing the the, the, the Christians in Ephesus. But what's beyond doubt is that Ephesians and Colossians together form this beautiful unity where Colossians is all about 
what God's given you in Jesus. And Ephesians is all about the mystery of the church. And both of them are united together then by this phrase, in Christ, in Christ. What's all yours in Christ? And that's how Paul opens up more joy than you can ever begin to actually assimilate in this life in that particular epistle. I I dearly love Ephesians. You can listen to Pastor Will Whedon and The Word of the Lord Endures Forever at thewordendures.org and on your favorite podcast provider. Here is stanza three of Lo How a Rose Air Blooming. This flower whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air, dispels with glorious splendor the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us and lightens every load. It is a little bit of mixing of metaphors. We've got a fragrance that dispels darkness, but take us into this stanza. I was going to start with that exact point. It's like, you know, he, Pastor Lyatz, who wrote this one, obviously didn't listen when his teacher told him, you're not supposed to mix metaphors. But this mixing of metaphors here is so beautiful that I think you're going to pardon him for, for, for doing it. So he talks, first of all, about the flower having a fragrance tender. Well, Anybody who has been around roses knows that they do have the most wonderful smell, right? I mean, I mean, you, I can be walking down the street and I smell a rose. I want to stop and turn and put my nose right down into the into the flower itself. It's such a wonderful odor, um, and and it's described as as a tender fragrance that fills the air with its sweetness. But then it's like you know he suddenly shifts and it, it <laughs> the the fragrance of Christ Himself is what then dispels darkness everywhere. A visible kind of a fragrance? St. Paul spoke of preaching the gospel as spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere and how we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, a fragrance of life to life, 2 Corinthians 2. So the sweet smell of the gospel is both the fragrance of divine love and the fresh zephyr of the resurrection, which Jesus himself is and brings. And it is both the love and the life that are in him, which dispels the darkness everywhere. Do you remember John 1 had that line in it? In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness of this age, and the darkness has not overcome it or has not understood it. I like overcome it better there. This above all means the darkness of sin and the darkness of death. And the reason the darkness doesn't stand a chance against this sweet smelling odor of life is because of who that rose is from which it emanates. He is true man, yet 
very God. He comes to save us from the enemies of sin and death. And did you catch that line at the end? Enlighten every load. I mean, you can't hear that and not immediately think of Jesus Christ saying in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It may seem like the way of Jesus Christ is the harder way, but it never is. It's when you actually submit to that yoke of his and and you begin to let that love fill you and become the grounding of your life that you find out Everything is easier to bear. Absolutely everything that comes down the pike is easier to bear because of who is bearing it with you. You were meant for fellowship with him. I wanted you to also focus a little bit on the darkness everywhere because both in the beginning of John's gospel and then throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus, especially as recorded in John, Jesus views the world he has entered as a world that is devoid of light. He is the only light there is in this world. Yeah, I mean, one of the beautiful pictures in in John's Gospel where this shows is in the man born blind, right? This is how Jesus perceives all of us, all of his brothers and sisters. All of us apart from him are actually blind to the reality of his father's love we're blind to the reality of the incarnation and what prompted it and to what its goal is. We're just blind. We don't get it. And we have a very dark and distorted image of who the father is. I always turn to that horrible show from our youth, Todd, remember Maud and how whenever Walter said anything stupid, Maud would always slow down and say, Walter, God is going to get you for that. And that God who is going to get you is the God that native man is terrified of. And his guilty conscience is always uh, filled with the darkness of fear about what God's going to do to pay us back. And, and, and Jesus is like, you guys don't even have the first clue. You do not have the first clue because if you did, you would realize that what God did wasn't to pay you back but to come and bear your burden, to bear it in your place, that he might be able to spill out on you an everlasting love. Why is it so important, back to basic questions, that this child born of Mary is, as he says there, and as you mentioned before, true man, yet also God? Well, you know, if your Savior is only a man, he saved himself and nobody else. For there to be saving worth to what the Savior did for all people, it needed to be of infinite worth. And what is of more infinite worth than the very blood of God spilled for us, right? He comes to pour out that blood. I mean, St. Paul, when he's uh, talking to the Ephesian elders, he stresses this. That is the blood of God that bought us back. This is huge. Because when you realize it's God's blood, then you realize There is no greater power in the world than that blood and the forgiveness that's in it. It's bigger than all this world. It's certainly bigger than any sin of yours or mine. Put it all together and it just fades before the love that is in that divine blood. Stanza four of Low Howell Rose, Air Blooming. O Savior, child of Mary, who felt our human woe, 
O Savior, King of glory, who dost our weakness know, bring us at length, we pray, to the bright courts of heaven and to the endless day. That's the fourth stanza of Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. This is just a tremendous stanza. I mean, you had to pare this thing down from what which you said a dozen stanzas. 23. <laughs> this is tremendous. What makes this so appropriate for rightly remembering the birth of Christ? Well, first of all, notice that this is the stanza that's been shifted away from um, from Mary being asked to 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 do this to us, to 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 addressing her son, I, you know the way I always picture it, Todd, is up in heaven when devout Roman Catholics or devout Orthodox or whatever they they raise their their intercession to to, to the Blessed Virgin. You know the mail arrives there on the table in heaven. I think she looks at it and goes, "Oh, they misaddressed it again." and hands it over to her son. I mean, this is obviously for you, not for me. So that's what the Lutherans did with the stanza. They they shifted it right towards Jesus himself. So Savior Child of Mary, the first thing that is noted about this Savior Child is that he felt our human woe. He actually knows all the horrible things that can happen to a human being through time and through cruelty. I mean, he's tasted them in his flesh. He knows what it is to be insulted. He knows what it is to be spit on. He knows what it is to be beaten, to, to endure whipping. He knows what it is even, even to die. He knows it all, all the way through. So he felt our human woe. I almost thought you could translate that to he, who, who felt all human woe. There is no woe of yours, no sorrow of your life that he is a stranger to. And he is also the Savior who is the King of glory. And yet, though, he is the... And when you hear King of glory, you better always be thinking of uh, Psalm 24, right? You know, who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Well, yeah, but he showed his might in battle in the strangest way by being laid in a manger and then nailed to a tree. This is how he conquers? Yes, this is how he conquers because love is stronger than all. And that's what he's showing there. But he knows our weakness. He knows every last bit of it. He knows it from the the inside. And I can't help but think of the passage in, in Hebrews 4, 15, right? Our high priest is one who was in every respect tempted as we are. And yet without sin, he, he knows it from the inside. And yet, did you notice what we pray, bring us at length, we pray, to the bright courts of heaven and to the endless day. What had he said that he would do in John 14? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again. 
and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. But where is this place? What is this mansion, the Father's house? What, what is this? The description of it as endless day is very dear to me. I always picture, do, 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 you, do, do you have those moments when you were a kid, Todd? You, I don't know, maybe you're with the cousins or whatever. It was like the perfect day. It was summer. It was awesome. You didn't want it to end. You're like looking at the sun and saying, don't set, don't set. You know, I, 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 This was such a perfect day. I want it to go on forever. That's what you finally get, the, the, the endless day. That should remind you of Revelation 21, verse 25, there will be no night there. It should remind you of Isaiah's prophecy in, in, in Isaiah 30, verse 26. The light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. The light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. And the day when the Lord God binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. And finally, Isaiah 60 Verse 20, your sun will go down no more, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning will be ended. All the days that you, uh, that, that's not mourning, I mean, that's mourning with a U, right? So this, your days of weeping will be over. You're not going to have grief and sadness anymore because the Lord himself is going to shine his light upon you, and that is the light of the divine love he's given you in Mary's son. We're studying the Christmas hymn, Lo, How a Rose, Air Blooming. Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is our guest. When we return, we will hear the entire hymn and get Pastor Whedon's final thoughts. Listen to the best of the church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, LutheranPublicRadio.org. Job saw the city as a wasteland, as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. Sanctifying your exercise routine with the Word of God. You're listening to Issues Etc. It's the days before Christmas and the list is so long of whom to buy what for, so I'll help you along. Ad Crucem has gifts for all budgets and tastes. Our service is quick for shoppers in haste. Pop over to the website adcrucem.com for gifts focused on Christ where it's always belonged. Reminders of his work for saints in this world and his promises eternal yet to be fulfilled. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. 
Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're studying the Christmas hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming. Our guest is Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. If you appreciate our hymn studies, please make a year-end tax-deductible donation to help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. For a year-end contribution of $250 or more, we'll send you a new recording of 14 Easter season hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir and our latest book, Objections Overruled 2, Answering Arguments, against Christianity. You can make a secure online donation at issuesetc.org or by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Thanks for thinking of us at the end of 2021. Here is the entire hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming.
Lutheran Public Radio Choir with the Christmas hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming. Will, your final thoughts on this hymn? You know, that night the angels had proclaimed glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And I can't help but think that this hymn gives you the sound of peace. It, it, it ushers you into the, the stable cave to, to see the miracle of all miracles, to see the greatness of God's love for the human race in, in, human, in taking human flesh into unity with this divine person. And I think that once we see that, then what this hymn does with, with Mary is absolutely uh, a key. Do you remember when John the Baptist had disciples who wanted to make a little bit too much out of John the Baptist? And uh, John said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He must increase and I must decrease. So all the saints say, we need to actually see the increase of Christ. And we need to see the saints in stepping back from the center stage and directing all their attention toward the little one. So I think if you picture Mary here this night in this hymn, you see that she is inviting you to marvel with her at the love that the Father has shown us in giving us a Savior. Dr. Luther, he preached on Christmas Day back in 1522. He said, this is the great joy the angel speaks of. This is God's comfort and his surpassing goodness, that man, if he believeth, may glory in such a treasure that Mary be his very mother, Christ his brother, and God his father. For all these things have truly happened, that we might believe them. Pastor Will Whedon is assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois. He formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He's author of the books Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands, and he hosts the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, thank you very much for your time and a blessed nativity to you and yours. To you and yours as well and to all our hearers. Next hour, we'll discuss holiday depression with clinical psychologist Dr. Beverly Yonke of Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay with us. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. 
Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois, is happy to support the Christ-centered, cross-focused ministry of Issues Etc. Join us for worship, Bible classes, youth ministry, and other opportunities to grow in Christ. We have a Christian day school for children in preschool to 8th grade. We are located at 1300 Beltline Road. Call us at 618-344-3151 or visit www.goodshepherdcollinsville.org. The Word of God, Daily Worship, Lutheran Hymnody and Catechesis, Instruction in Phonics, Traditional Math, Literature, Grammar, History, Latin, and Strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in Greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamel.org.